0: and we're live welcome everybody here to the lakers lounge i'm anthony Irwin. today joined by you guys uh the plan for this one is going to be talking obviously about the breaking news that being that the lakers and anthony davis have agreed to a three-year max extension great news all around we are going to talk about that and then uh as we get closer to the end of the show we will squeeze in some of your questions about it so uh get those questions here in uh, the comments of the YouTube channel, and make sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube. Right, it's right there, wherever wherever it shows up. Uh, hit that subscribe button, and uh, yeah, let's 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 talk this out. So, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN broke the news initially that the Lakers uh, and Anthony Davis have agreed to that three-year, one hundred and eighty-six million dollar extension it is the most money uh that any nba player will have made per year ever uh and it kind of makes sense for for everybody involved the uh 62 million dollars <laughs> it's a lot of money now uh, i would imagine it's probably going to be in like the 58 million dollar range at the beginning of the contract and then escalate from there so the last final year of his deal will be, you know, the 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 big one, but we'll also kind of see uh, what what the structure is as we learn more about it. But um, yeah, I, I think I know that people are going to be a little nervous about paying Anthony Davis through to two thousand twenty eight because of some of the injury concerns. Uh, I I would say to those people that you you don't really have much alternative here. The other part of this, too, is that, uh, you know, AD and, and uh, the Lakers, uh, it, it's just good to see that this happened as quickly as it did. Like, that that was my first takeaway. Today is the first day that he could sign this extension, that the Lakers could offer this extension, and it got done right away. Uh, and, and it's just good to see that, at least in this regard, now it's easy to be on the same page with an organization that wants to pay you <laughs> that kind of money. Uh, but, but still at the end of the day, it is good to see that the Lakers and Anthony Davis were able to come to this, uh, agreement as quickly as they did. And, uh, you know, as, as wodes writes here for uh, ESPN, uh, from now through to 2028, the Lakers will have paid Anthony Davis a total of 270 million dollars. Good God! I needed to be taller. I'm mom, dad. It's on you. Why couldn't you have made me six eight, six nine, seven feet? I know it doesn't help that my mom is five foot nothing, and my dad was only six two. But still, come on. Uh, yeah, I, I think. My initial thought, like I said, is on the fact that this got done as quickly as it did. Uh, from what I had heard, there was never any doubt about this. There, um, at, at, I think maybe initially, at the very beginning of the offseason, there might have been some conversations as far as like how comfortable the Lakers might be tying themselves to Anthony Davis for that far into the future. Uh, But then you see like Jalen Brown's contract gets done and, and I, I, you know, Anthony Davis is still at that point in his career and will be at that point, you know, will be, I think for at least a few more years here, still at that stage where he is going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a good enough player that you don't even think about. Like you watch him and you say like, yeah, especially when he's healthy, that's a max player. Now, how often he's going to be healthy. That is certainly a question and certainly a concern moving forward, but he isn't unhealthy enough that the Lakers wouldn't, wouldn't give him this deal. Uh, I, I I honestly think some of the injury stuff is somewhat overblown. Uh, He did play, you know, other than the, the the pre-scheduled nights that he didn't play on the second night of a back-to-back, and then occasionally, you know, there was the every game ad, every other game ad kind of thing. Uh, that again, I thought was kind of overblown, but he is uh, still very much when he is healthy, when he is right, when he is focused. One of the most impactful two-way players in in the NBA. Certainly one of the best, if not the best, defensive presence in the NBA when he has it really going. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of play that you give a max, that's the kind of player that you give max money to. And you don't really uh, worry about it that much. Also importantly here, from an asset management standpoint, uh, the longer that this hung over everybody's heads... And the longer that this kind of carried out and everybody kind of drugged their feet on it, it, not to say that it obviously nobody ever drugged their feet. It got done within hours of the, the the first moment that this could be offered and agreed to. Uh, But the longer that this went forward, uh, the the more that that doubt kind of creeps in about the relationship that AD and the Lakers have. Um, And, and also importantly too, if this doesn't get done, and he goes into this season, potentially able to opt out and become a free agent as soon as next year. All of the momentum that the Lakers made coming off of last year would fly out the window because you would be playing this season with the notion of, is AD focused? Is he, is he committed to the Lakers? Is he, you know, how long is he going to be a Laker? And, uh, that it's good to know that in no way shape or form is this something that anybody was ever particularly worried about again um, the last I spoke to anybody about this was maybe a couple days ago in preparation for today and um it you know the response that I got was yeah this is just going to get done it's a matter of it's not a matter of if but when and it'll probably get done pretty quickly and so I now <laughs> uh it does it did surprise me how quickly it got done uh I like meaning again I think he could first be offered it like it, it, beginning of business today and it got done you know it's 115 back home and uh it it, it was not it, this wasn't a Jalen Brown situation right like Jalen Brown, uh, the talk of Vegas when I, and whenever I was talking to anybody even remotely close to the Celtics was like, this is a little awkward, right? Like this is, <laughs> you know, this is I uh, given his quotes, given Jalen Brown's quotes over the, over the, the last season or so about like playing in Boston and being at the center of trade, nego- or, you know, trade rumors and the city of Boston's relationship with, with black athletes, uh, you know, that got a little awkward. Right. And, and yeah, the response was, yeah, this, 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 you know, I I don't, I don't know if I would ever, uh, call it tenuous, the, the, the negotiations between Jalen and Boston, but it certainly took quite a while for that to, to take place. And he didn't get the player option that I would imagine he was looking for in this case. It, it reminds me of, uh, you know the way extensions would go down between the Lakers and Kobe where you knew that he was extension eligible or you knew that he was contract eligible and uh I remember uh one one offseason they asked I believe it was Mitch about it and Mitch never says anything right uh Mitch never uh was was famous for his ability to to be asked questions and just Talk for a little while and never say anything. And in this case, though, I remember this pretty distinctly. They asked Mitch, I forget which uh, off season it was. It wasn't the forty-eight million dollar deal, um, but it was the, it was like two contracts or so before that when Kobe was in his absolute prime. And they asked Mitch about it, and they were like, you know, are you nervous at all for the negotiations that you're going to have with Kobe? And he's like, you know, well. You see the 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 thing with our negotiations with Kobe this this summer is is I I made him from Boston. This summer is going to be you know we, we write the number on on the paper. It's the mat it's the max that we can we can offer and uh, you know we feel pretty comfortable with offering Kobe Bryant that amount of money at this stage of his career. He's still one of if not the best players in the NBA and we feel confident in our ability to compete with him at that number and it was just done it was just you know and in this case he obviously didn't have Rob Polinka going out there and saying like anything to that extent but uh, behind the scenes when you would talk to anybody it was it was a, a very similar message it was yeah you give him the number you give him that money um, and you don't have to sweat out this season. And even more importantly, let's say, let's say they play out this season and he opts out at the end of the year. And at that point he is eligible for the full five year max at a higher starting uh, point. Um, he he was ad there. Would be a year older, and it'd be for a really long deal. And uh, you know, I—that is not tension that the the Lakers need coming off of the season that they just had. So, yeah, I, all around, really good, really good number uh, for AD. And as the cap continues to climb with the new TV money that'll come in, and with the increased BRI just in general. Uh, that number by the time you get to, you know, the, when it kicks in, when he'll be making, I, th- I think I saw Alexis grabbed the, the, the numbers here and shouts to Alexis for doing this. Yeah. Like I said, that first year, 57.6. So it's like the 58 ish range that I thought he was going to be in second year, 62, third year, 66, basically 67, uh, million dollars. And, and, and yeah, I think, uh, for for what he brings to the table that is perfectly reasonable and by the time we get to those actual years of you know competition and with the cap being set there you'll look at the number that ad will be paid at that year compared to some of the other contracts that go out then you would be like all right that makes some sense so long as he stays healthy um and that's why you know I had somebody complaining about me or 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 commenting on the on on um, the feed here that i'm like obsessed with ad's weight and that's not that's not really the case i look at it more from the standpoint of like look i was just out doing the the lawn today and uh my lawn slopes pretty hard uh where the back of my yard is you know about 10 15 feet lower than the top of my yard and it's a fairly big yard and and uh by the time I got done with just the amount that I could do today before my um batteries ran out because I waited too long to do the yard uh by the time I was done my knees were like kind of bugging me a little bit my 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 calves were really burning and stuff and it's just like yeah I need I need to drop some weight and as you get older you start to feel that a little bit more And, and in this case with AD he is reaching that point of his career where longevity is going to be affected by how well he takes care of his body. And, uh, you know, in this case, now that the Lakers are attached to him for what will be like the twilight of his prime, I would probably uh, assume, he uh, it's going to be really important that, you know, he maybe sheds a couple pounds here and there going into the season. And he focuses more, a little bit more on, on flexibility and and uh, motion dynamics and, and stuff like that. And, and how he carries himself even in stasis on the court. Like those are the things that for a player at this stage of his career, if you're talking about like being productive through the entirety of this extension or the entirety of the next five years in which the Lakers are paying him 270 total million dollars, like that is where uh, you are going to really have to focus on getting everything out of your body and, 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 and preparing your body for the wear and tear that that comes with just aging. And, um, I'm really fascinated by how he goes about this. And, you know, even, even if we go, even if we extend it beyond, um, the way that he takes care of his body and prepares his body also basketball wise, like he's going to have to find that shooting touch again. And, uh, whether or not he's going to be able to is is certainly interesting. I think he should like I don't think he's as bad a shooter as he's been the last couple of years. He hadn't been to this point. Um he was never he was never had any other time in his career as good a shooter as he was in the bubble, and I'm not expecting him to be that when I think he shot close to like 40% from three point range in the bubble. Um but I I do I think that like he's closer to that than what he's been the last couple of years. I, I certainly think, think so. And the thing to keep in mind with shooting is it's kind of like a golf swing when you're that long he has insanely long arms, you know, he's, he's a really big guy. And, uh, when you're, when you, when you play golf and, uh, you are a bigger guy, it takes a lot more to keep everything in the right places As you're going through your swing and those little tweaks or or those little wrong motions that you have get, you know, they expound issues in your, in your golf swing, uh, the bigger that you get. And that's why for a long time, like Fred couples used to hit the ball really, really far. So you would think like, Oh yeah, he's a huge guy. I remember, I remember seeing Fred couples at a, at a driving range randomly when I was like a little bit younger and I was like taken aback by this guy isn't very big at all. Um, and, and that golfers have gotten bigger recently. Dustin Johnson's like, you know, legit bigger dude. And, and, uh, you know, they, they've gotten longer. Tony Finau is another tall guy and you see some of their swings and, and there's a lot going on there. And, and I, it reminds me of like Brandon Ingram when he was learning how to shoot in the NBA and Anthony Davis now where both of those guys have kind of difficult times keeping their elbow Tucked in where it needs to be to be a pretty good shooter because there's so much arm going on when when you're when you're uh, shooting, and and for AD if if again if we're talking about maximizing his output through the entirety of this extension, he's going to have to focus on keeping his body right and I think really focusing on becoming a better shooter because like you look at the players who haven't aged well, Dwayne Wade had a pretty. Rapid, uh, slippage, uh, sli- sliding, slippage, S- slippy, Sammy, Sammy, Samsonite. Um, no, he 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 slipped pretty uh, pretty noticeably over the, the the back half of his career because he was never a particularly good shooter. Russell Westbrook, right? We saw with the with the Lakers that all of the sli- the the sliding that we saw with him athletically was again expounded by the fact that like he couldn't shoot and and never cared to learn to shoot and you know you look at the players who have who have lasted LeBron James being one of them like the greatest example of 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 longevity in, in professional sports ever um you know he learned to shoot you look at his now last year's the exception and I really think he had issues with his feet and I think that's why we saw his his shot kind of fall off of a cliff last year. But when you look at, uh, you know, his shooting numbers now compared to when he first got into the league when he was healthy, um, it's it's night and day. And that ability to shoot, that touch, is really going to extend AD's career. So um, those are the things over the course of this extension that I'm really going to be focused on Um, If he is going to be a Laker throughout all of it. And like, that's kind of the last question here is uh, we know that a lot of these guys like Damian Lillard agreed to the extension and will probably never play a game for the Portland trailblazers under that extension. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case with AD. I think he'll probably play like one year in it, but even still, you know, I, I, I do kind of think that the Lakers See this era, you know, this LeBron James AD era as like a he sees the, the Lakers kind of see LeBron and AD as kind of a package deal. So whenever LeBron leaves and however he leaves, I think they kind of see that time as you know probably the time to to you know move on from AD as well, and and this allows them to do that more on their terms. Uh, by the time if the Lakers do wind up trading AD heading into this extension or in the first year of that extension. Um, this means that the team that he gets sent to will know exactly how long they're going to be to, they're, they're going to have him at least, right? And NAD at that point will be able to kind of go to the Lakers and say, hey, we agreed to this extension. We have had a good run here. Can we could you maybe send me home to Chicago or whatever team it is that the, that he would maybe prefer to play for? And because of the relationship that they've built over this time together, um, highlighted by how quickly this got done, that makes it a little bit more likely that the the relationship ends a little bit, you know, fairly smoothly. So um, not to say that that is definitely how this is going to play out. If I had to predict it, that's probably what I would predict. But still, it, it, I, it's, it's only because, uh, you know, the Lakers are known for kind of making good with these stars. And, uh, you know, in, in AD's case, if he does go to them and say, hey, could you send me here? I, th- I I think the Lakers would probably work with him. But I think both sides would probably prefer to see this play out where, you know, maybe he retires a Laker. And if that is how this plays out, then I'd be cool with that too. So let's uh, really quickly answer some questions if, if you guys have it. So uh, first question I'm seeing... Uh, in the, in the comments, I'll go with, this is a random one, but okay, sure. Uh, Andre GNS writes, Europeans taking, are taking over the NBA? Question mark. Um, I don't know. I just think they're more pervasive than they were a few years back. The, the world, and this is because of, you know, I had a great podcast actually with Jason Maples on this, uh, and we both talked about how the, the NBA has, Made it a a conscious effort to improve the status of basketball around the world because they know that they can't compete with the NFL just as like a an American sport. So they expanded across the world and in those countries, in those nations where the NBA has really focused on on growing, those countries have gotten better at basketball and and uh, you know. You you look back to the uh, '92 Dream Team, and I, Pau Gasol, said several times over the course of his career that um, his love for the game began with watching those guys play. And you know, then Pau plays and has the success that he has, and any number of players have since said that Pau's success and Dirk's success and you know, Vlade and, and all of these Europe, Europe, European players who came over here, Drazen Petrovic way back in the day and and even Arvita Sabonis, um, you know, although he came over later in his career, those European players, you know, combined with the efforts that the NBA was making, uh, all, you know, it, 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 it inspired generations, plural now, of players who said, oh, maybe I can do that. That's a really cool sport. And the thing about Europe in particular... It, 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 and and why I think basketball really resonates there. Basketball and soccer have a lot in common, and uh, you know Kobe would talk about this all the time about you know the notion of runs in soccer and nonverbal communication. And um, you know I've I've said the story or, or I've 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 given this anecdote several times over the course of doing these shows. But when I was a kid, I grew up playing. So- I'm Mexican, like I was like born with a soccer ball. And so uh, when when I would go and I would play soccer with, you know, some of my soccer friends and then basketball season would come around and we would try to be all on all the same teams, we would actually have an advantage because we had those instincts, those those soccer type instincts to run line and look for the cross and all of that stuff and and uh, the, the give and goes and, 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 and all of that. And, and i think in europe where soccer is this like religious experience players who you know see basketball and and figured out the connection between soccer and basketball have done really well in in basketball and i think europe in particular um the the, the reason that you're seeing so much european success is is because of that like soccer basketball connection that's like my my unfounded theory anyway, but but I, by the way, it's great. I love, I love the diversity of, of, of uh, that we see in the NBA. I love that you have, you know, Giannis who, you know, comes from Greece and was this unknown player and Luca plays a very European, European style of basketball. And, and I love that, you know, Jokic comes over here and again, plays a very European, you know, team friendly, style of basketball that has now had the type of success that it has had, which is going to lead to more teams being open to that style of play. And, and, uh, that's great. Like any, any type of like, this is, you guys hear me talk about diversity all the time, diversity, a diversity of, uh, of ideas and backgrounds and, Uh, ways of thinking, all it does is enhances anything that that, uh, it touches. And in this case, basketball is made better by the presences of Europe and eventually China and Africa and and Canada and and whichever other nations continue to uh, expand within the sport. All right, next question comes from Alexis, uh, who writes... What do you think is going to be the the ceiling post L LBJ era Um, ceiling? Well, I'll put it this way: the Lakers tried the whole build through the draft, tank and 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 accumulate talent via the draft approach, and obviously uh, didn't really have the patience to see that through, especially once Genie took over. And they were able to go get LeBron. It hastened the timeline, and, and it forced them to kind of move off of the you know the the gym bus timeline. Um, what we saw though, because of how good the scouting department is, uh, is that all of those guys have gone on to be successful wherever else they they wound up. Right, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, both have most improved player awards in their in their uh, recent history. Josh Hart is a big part of the turnaround that we saw in New York. Um, Larry Nance Jr., whenever he was healthy, was a big part of winning wherever he has been, too. So, like, you see, uh, enough. Lonzo was, uh, before he got hurt, one of the most impactful defensive players, and because he was a really good shooter, was, like, a really cool idea of a 3 and D point guard who could really, you know it the way that a team can defend and change the way that teams have to defend Chicago. Fortunately he got hurt and we haven't been able to see him carry forward with that, with that success. But, um, whether it's, whether it's building through the draft, which I don't think they'll try to do, or, you know, trying to acquire a star and supplement that stars talent with draft type players, I think that's probably more the path the Lakers are going to go, and you know that's the nice thing of of learning on the fly here with LeBron because I do think there was a there was an experience deficiency with the front office initially um, between Magic and Palinka, and fortunately because of these couple years of really learning hard lessons um, the hard way, is they I, I think that they are now more equipped to. Build past the LeBron era than they were maybe a year or two ago, and you know that was that was always an interesting thing that I would talk to Cavs friends about when LeBron was getting ready to leave. Was do you think after that second time around, the Cavs as an organization organization uh, learned what is what they needed to learn to be successful without LeBron? And there was always some like ah maybe I hope so you know. And what we have found though is that like they did right, like they have they have been quite successful uh, without LeBron, not nearly as successful as they were when they had him, but they've been uh, one of the better stories in the NBA, and and we'll see what they're able to do uh, this upcoming season. In this case with the Lakers, I think they have they have learned some stuff the hard way, and unfortunately that sometimes is what it takes to uh, to grow as uh, a person is learning stuff the hard way right we all remember the first time we had a bad enough hangover that we're like well never touching that alcohol again right uh that for me is is Soco, where i just never ever ever again and that's probably a good thing that like i in my late 30s should not touch Soco. and and uh for the lakers i think it's it's gonna be like all right we are never going to touch. Uh, that type of trade that we made for Russell Westbrook ever again, right? Russell Westbrook being there, like Soko, I guess, in this example, and um, I, I think that's that's important for the process beyond LeBron. So uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think their ceiling is going to depend on whichever star does wind up becoming a Laker at and and what stage of their career they they decide to do so, and we'll kind of see what that looks like, but. For now, though, the biggest news of the day, biggest news, frankly, uh, of the last couple of weeks is that uh, the Lakers and Anthony Davis have agreed to this max extension. He will be a Laker uh, at least contractually through 2028. And, uh, you know, they were able to do so quickly and, you know, kind of showcase to everybody that they are all on the same page and ready to move forward and build off of last season. So. That is going to do it here for this episode of a live and emergency uh, Lakers lowdown or Lakers. This is a this is a lounge. I never did a, a swish thing. So uh, this is the that, that'll that do it, though, for this emergency and breaking episode of the Lakers lounge. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in again. Hit that subscribe button button. If you guys are, are watching on YouTube right now, uh, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on a podcast, leave me a five star review to get to over the weekend. Um, I had to take a break from preparing for Avery's, uh, birthday party, which is tomorrow. My little girl turns four. So happy birthday, Avery. And we will talk to you guys on Monday.